0: He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American,
1: a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
2: This is John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night. The number one show at 5 o'clock. And listen, you hear things here you're not going to hear anywhere else. And I've told everybody we have uh, the CIA listening to the show, the FBI listening to the show, the KGB listening to the show. And it's Chinese intelligence. So mm-hmm. they all listen to this show to get their feedback <laughs> on what the heck is going on. Uh, in the studio, we have uh, two uh, common sense Republicans, uh, uh, Chief of Staff to Rudy Giuliani, Tony Carbonetti. Hey, John, how are you? Good. Congressman uh, Peter King. And the hey, judge, John. Judge uh, Richard Weinberg. Judge, how are mm-hmm. you? Fine, thank you. And my sidekick, uh, Lydia Samani. And this is a TriCast. This is, we're broadcasting on WABCradio.com, uh, 770 on your dial. Uh, and it's 978 AM, The Answer, and WLIR. But WABC, the most powerful radio station, one of the most powerful in the Northeast. And Lydia, what do we have?
3: We have a great show. Once again, we'll be speaking with Andrew McCarthy of the National Review. He also writes for the Wall Street Journal, right? And, and the New York Post. He's just amazing. And then we'll talk to Adam Rodriguez, and he's going to talk to us about why Biden's Hispanic support is collapsing. We'll also spoke to, speak to a Michael Goodwin, Pulitzer Prize-winning writer for the New York Post. Charlie Gasparino. What the heck is going on with the markets? The market but, went up almost 1,000 points. Oh, my God. But first on the line, we have... And on the line with us right now is a reporter extraordinaire. They should. Uh, you're an intrepid investigative reporter. Nothing gets by you. Justthenews.com. We have on the line with us John Solomon. How are you, sir?
4: Uh, great to join you. Busy day today.
3: So what's the latest breaking news? I know you've got, if anybody's got a scoop, the you do. The breaking news is the stock market is up a 1,000 points.
5: What the heck is going
2: on? What the heck is going on? Well, Jay Powell said, Jay Powell said, well, three-quarters of a a point raise is not in the cards. I'm only raising it a half a point. So, market's up a 1,000 points.
4: Yeah, the market's very happy. Uh, But let's keep in mind, it's the largest interest rate we've seen in 22 years. And it's a sign that all that uh, transitory inflation turned out not to be so transitory. The Fed is clearly stepping things up uh, and trying to slow it down, but not as much as what the market's expected. That's why investors are so happy at the end of the day. On that front, another group that's very happy, well, people in MAGA world, Donald Trump went 22-0 last night in his first primary endorsements in Indiana and Ohio. All the big guns, all the candidates he endorsed had won, and it's a reminder that he still has extraordinary staying power. Uh, he is really the, the de facto leader of the conservative movement right now, and he showed it again last night. He took a guy in um, Ohio that was in third and fourth place and propelled him uh, to the Senate uh, nomination last night with uh, with his endorsement. So a lot going on there. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's not that happy with the MAGA crowd. He uh, let out some words today saying this is the most – Extreme political organization he's ever seen in his lifetime. Kind of disp- it's his deplorables moment, so to speak. But it came at a weird time because just 12 hours before the president uttered those words, liberal activists, Democrat activists, pro-abortion activists in L.A. attacked police officers with rocks and bottles, injured an officer, who had to go to the hospital. So sometimes people look at that and say, I don't know, MAGA rally throwing glass at uh, police officers. I think the latter might be more extreme. So the Bad contrast, bad day to pick that fight, but that story is trending a lot, and we're going to have this in just a few minutes. John Durham scored a double victory in court as he prepares for the Michael Sussman trial. That's the trial the Hillary Clinton lawyer accused of lying to the FBI when he peddled all that dirt on Donald Trump that turned out to be false. Um, the the judge in the case has both uh, agreed to look at these attorney-client privilege materials and allow them into the trial, potentially, and, two, a witness who is refusing— to testify, the court has ordered that witness to testify before the grand jury. Two big victories for John Durham just a few weeks out wow. before his next big
2: trial. Yeah. Is that breaking news? I mean, uh, I haven't breaking heard news. A WABC. So make sure we hit that breaking news button. <laughs> yes. Well, with John, the other thing is, I, I've said it very, very clearly, that inflation, we have two choices. We open up North America and bring down the price of oil, which is simple yep. because there, there's no reason for oil to be $110 a barrel. It should be 55 60 65 That's Or great. if the president is stubborn, doesn't want to bring down the price of oil, then the, the Fed has to raise interest rates, which is stupid because if you raise interest rates enough, you're going to hurt the real estate market. So Joe Biden is going to get the, re- the reputation of killing the real estate market.
5: Yeah, no,
4: you're right. You called us weeks ago. I remember we were having this conversation a month or two ago right on the money. Uh, they're going to go the interest rate route, and they're going to slow this economy down, and we're going to have stagflation. He's repeating Jimmy Carter's mistake all over again.
2: For no reason at all. All he has to do is turn on the uh, the oil spigot in North America.
4: That's right. Such an easy fix.
2: Well, what, what are, we got John Durham, we got the, the price of inflation, the market is up a thousand points. What else do you have for us today?
4: Well, we'll throw in a little lawsuit. Why not give the lawyers a little action here today? Uh, this morning, the famous Delaware uh, computer uh, repairman who found the Hunter Biden laptop, who uh, gave it to the FBI because he thought that was his civic duty to do so, and then he was maligned as a Russian disinformation artist. Well, he's decided to strike back. He sued several news organizations today. Uh, for libel and defamation, and that story is getting a lot of attention today. Uh, with, it's so hard to almost remember that moment back in the fall of 2020 when anyone, like myself or the New York Post, dare utter anything about the uh, laptop. You were called a disinformation Russian spy, whatever. Well, now uh, John Paul McIsaac has decided to reclaim his reputation, at least with a lawsuit, and that uh, that broke this morning. A lot of people talking about that story today.
3: And uh, John Solomon, any idea yet who the who's behind the Supreme Court leak? Have you heard anything?
4: Oh, that's the uh, that's the uh, Watergate mystery of the month here in Washington. Listen, uh, it's always hard to who would have thought that Bob Woodward's uh, source deep throat would have been the FBI deputy director? Right, you just never know who did this yet. I think we're going to have to wait and let it play out. We know for certain. From the reporting we've done, this was clearly leaked in an effort to try to change the emerging consensus on the court. This was a clear effort at trying to politicize the thing, put political pressure on someone who did it. We don't know yet. There's not any good suspects out in the public realm yet, and I suspect the court will be. Let me ask you a question. Sure.
2: Question: You may know the answer. You may not. The new justice of the Supreme Court that was just appointed by Biden, are they? Is she already sitting? And is her people
4: city? Yeah, that is a question we've been asking, John. It's a great question. We have the same idea, which is she's the newest person to this dynamic. Could some of her people be involved? We've not been able to get answers from the Supreme Court yet. They said, hey, wait for the investigation. But we're going to keep asking that question until we find out for the American public. It's a really good
2: question. I think that uh, we're going to end this interview on that note. Keep asking that question. Because if we haven't had a problem for the last, uh, 20 years, decades, more well, than never, never, like never before. Mm.
3: never know what's oh, changed. Recently. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Well, John Solomon. Thank you so much. And God bless you and keep fighting for our country because, uh, you know, we want our kids and grandkids to be able to survive. Thank you so much.
4: Absolutely. Thank you guys. Have a good day.
2: Well, John Solomon is one smart guy and, uh, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, Mr. M- maybe Mr. McCarthy is going to know. We'll ask him, too. Is the new justice that uh, uh, just got approved sitting already, and could that be a leak? Who knows? I, I have no clue. Um, but uh, And the other thing that he brought up, that Trump got 22 victories last night? Is that uh, true? Hi. Yeah, everyone
0: he endorsed. Knocked basically. out
2: punches. Now, somebody asked me at lunch today, uh, and I said... Who has the ability to have a knockout punch against Trump? I don't know anybody. Only Trump. Yeah. I mean, he, he should. exactly own, right. Listen, exactly when you put King, him back
6: on Twitter, he's in trouble. Peter
2: Tr- King, you're right. <laughs> he, only Trump can
3: screw himself. Yeah. yeah, You're right. And now who do we have on? You hit the nail on the head, Peter Congressman. Um, right now, I really, that's, uh, that's so apropos. Uh, we have Andrew McCarthy on the line. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? The ultimate question, John.
2: Mr. McCarthy, maybe you know the
3: answer. Is the new
2: justice sitting already, and does she have access to all the information?
7: The new justice is not sitting. She should not have access. She's not on the court until Justice Breyer formally. But m- the
2: court. Maybe they wanted to brief
3: her? No? What about her but transition team?
7: There's no reason to brief somebody on something that it's not going to be hers to decide there is no transition team there's no the reason there's a transition in presidential administrations and pete king knows a lot more about this than i do but it is because the executive branch is so sprawling and complicated and it's such a big deal for national security that we have a smooth transition for of the the people who have those responsibilities that it actually is a a, a process when a new justice comes on the supreme court particularly one who has already been sitting on a court of appeals? There's no complicated transition. She just moves on to the to the next court. It's not it's not really comparable. So there's no reason. No, she needs to No,
5: the in only all these thing
7: we that.
2: the only thing we asked is what changed in the last 30 days uh, versus what was for the last 20 30 years. And uh, uh, Judge Weinberg in the
8: uh, studio. I have uh, Andy. It's it's Richard Weinberg. I read your column. I thought it was an excellent column. And I think it's absolutely reprehensible. Whoever leaked that information has done more harm to the integrity of the Supreme Court and to belief in our institutions in a time where we're being divisive, we need to be brought together. And I think your suggestion was absolutely correct, which is they should get the decision out before. This becomes a political warfare and people are intimidated and there's a threat of violence.
3: And, Judge, what do, what do you think about the fact that President Biden and Kamala Harris have yet to condemn this leak, this egregious attack on our democracy? Well,
8: I think I, I want to get uh, Mr. McCarthy's points, but I have to tell you something. I am absolutely outraged that the only thing that you say, and I'm the House Democrat, I'm absolutely outraged that the only comments you're getting from the Democrats is they're making political warfare and fundraising out of this. The president of the United States and the vice president of the United States had no business going out there and criticizing a preliminary draft opinion. They had no business politicizing that, interfering with the independence of the the sacred judiciary. What do you think, Andy?
7: Judge, I've been trying to think all day of like the the uh, like concrete examples that could explain to people how outrageous this is. And. What I've been thinking about is this is this is like the appellate version of an obvious obstruction of justice. And think about what would happen if a judge in a trial said to the jury, you know, that rule we have about how you're not supposed to discuss this matter with anyone else except the other jurors and only when you deliberate. We're going to waive that here. So when you go home tonight, talk to whoever you want about it. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your kids. Read up on it. Do your own Internet research.
8: Visit the would scene of the of crime. Of the trial. Visit right? the scene of the crime by yourself. Right. Exactly. Nobody
7: would think that that was an American trial because we have a process which enables us to decide things by having twelve people who are instructed only to decide the case on the evidence and the uh, the evidence they hear on the record in the courtroom and the laws the judge instructs them. Yeah. Now, this is the. Appellate version of that. They have to be able to deliberate with confidentiality and only among themselves. And if they can't, they can't do the appellate process, which is a which involves a, a give and take and an exchange of drafts and an argument over the finer points of the law. So this is as much a farcical um, imposition on the appellate process as it would be if a judge told this a a jury clear, to, you know
8: this go is a ahead clear obstruction reform. don't you think andy
7: i do i i think it's textbook obstruction it's a corrupt act that was patently done for the purpose of intimidating and influencing the tribunal i don't see how you could have a clearer case of obstruction of and justice
0: andy this is pete king uh, you know, listen I, i've been in politics a long time and that leaks come from everywhere, but the one institution that seems sacrosanct, certainly all the time I was in Washington, yeah. I never heard of anything being leaked out, whether it was a Bush versus Gore, no matter what the case was, until that decision was made public, there was no hint, there was no indication where it was going, nothing was leaked from the inside, so this is like the last institution that was above leaking, you know, the CIA, the FBI, the White House, Congress, everybody else leaks. But the Supreme Court never did on something like this. Uh, to me, it's really a dramatic moment in history and a, really a, a very bad moment.
7: Well, I I-, yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with that more. I think that um, if they don't – I'm worried, Pete, even if they do everything that they should do here in terms of, like, aggressively finding out who did this and prosecuting the person, I worry about whether it's ever going to be the same again. But at a minimum, they have to do that because if you lose this – the court is no longer the institution right. that we've always revered and i think you know as you as you hit the nail on the head there you were in politics for a long time politics is what we intentionally insulate the court from so if they're going to be like a political body just like every other political body they're not a court anymore and that means they can't perform you know we, we don't we haven't made them a court cuz they're nice guys You know, we made them a court because in our constitutional system, you need a judicial check on the political branches for the protection of the American people that's insulated from politics. If they can't perform that function anymore in an effective way, then our, our whole system is at risk.
3: Andrew McCarthy and everybody in the studio, I want to get your reaction to what President Biden said just a short time ago.
9: What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history.
3: So the MAGA crowd is now the most extreme political organization in history. What about Al-Qaeda? What about Hezbollah? What about other terrorist organizations? What about about the American Nazi Party? What about the Communist Party? What about the extreme leftists that are attacking the cops? BLM, uh, Tony Carbonetti. uh...
6: Well, I, I don't think the biggest danger in the country is the MAGA crowd.
3: Well, that's what they're saying. I, I, I don't
6: think he's been to major U.S. cities and watched the crime rise. Those aren't the ones committing the crimes. It's the thousands that the, the, the judges keep letting out. That's who's committing the crimes.
2: Before we take a break, I have one last question uh, for Mr. McCarthy. Uh, I've, I've been on the radio and television and said that uh, Christopher Rady, uh, head of the FBI, mm-hmm. he has a 10-year term for a reason. That he can tell the truth and not worry about losing his job, he doesn't have to worry about getting fired. So I understand that Christopher Ray is an honest, straight arrow. That he should stand up and say, "This is what's going on, and this person is uh, this and that and whatever." I mean, I, I know it's not. Uh, uh, and I'll go. I'll defer to you, Mr. Club and Eddie too. Uh, at, at, at what point does the FBI say? The political system is not allowing me to indict this person. What do you well, think, Mr. McCracken? Am I totally off the wall? I'm, you well, know, I'm not a lawyer. One, I'm just John, a layman.
7: Okay, John, number one, the FBI, the FBI can't indict anyone. The, it's the Justice Department decides who to indict. The but, FBI but can Mullen, investigate.
2: But, but was it Mullen uh, or Mueller? Mueller. Mueller. M- Mueller. Indicted uh, other people on television. Not an indictment of court indictment. It was a he was totally inappropriate, John. Well, I know. Yeah. But but somebody has to get the truth across to people.
5: You
7: can I, I agree with that and I also agree with you that, that I, I like Chris Ray. I think he's a I think he's a good guy. He's he's I think he's trying to to in an understated way almost like be the anti comey and try to restore the FBI. He's got a big job ahead of him. But the one thing I would part company with you on is the president can fire the FBI director at any time. The, the FBI director was given a 10-year term not to give him independence from the president, but, but so that we would never have another J. Edgar Hoover again who was there for 40 or 44 years or however long it was. So I know FBI directors like to say that they got the 10-year term because they're supposed to have a measure of independence from the executive branch. But as a matter of constitutional law. The president can always fire the FBI yeah. director. What yeah,
5: but,
2: be, but him being an honest guy that he is, I, you know, if things are being held from the American people, then, <laughs> excuse me, I would say to heck with it. I, I'd rather go out telling the truth to the American people than, than hang on and being limited from telling the truth.
3: It, but you have integrity, John. That's the difference. And no, you have no, courage. this guy's supposed to have integrity. Well, you have Joe. a lot of courage. But listen,
8: there's a very simple solution here. Uh, former Attorney General Barr has said appoint a special counsel to do an investigation of what happened at the Supreme Court. That would go a long way to restoring faith in the system.
3: Well, they do have a special investigator. Andrew McCarthy, who would have ca- this kind of access? I know the clerks, but how many people? Well, how many
6: people are we talking about? Because if it's two dozen, three dozen. 63.
8: The number in the report is 63 people. Then but how, do they, not, how do they
3: not know who it is yet? Well, they'll check everybody's
8: cell phone. They'll check everything. Yeah. They'll find them. If it's 63, yeah. they'll find
3: them. Andrew McCarthy?
7: Yeah, they'll find them if they get on it. But my experience with leak investigations is that they don't get better over time. I mean, you really got to you know, they may not solve it for a while, but the, but the scut work to investigate, you need to do right away, because the more diffuse yes. information gets, the more noise there is around the investigation for the investigators to have to try to sort through. So they really got to get on this now.
2: Andrew McCarthy, thank you for everything you do for our country and continue to speak the truth. God bless you and God bless America.
7: Thanks, Andy. Pleasure to talk to you all. Thank
2: Thank you. you. Thank you. Let's go to our next guest.
3: And right now we have with us Adam Rodriguez. He is a really smart guy. He just tells it like it is. He's an attorney. And uh, he has this great article out, Why Biden's Hispanic Support Has Collapsed. Uh, Welcome to Cats at Night.
10: Lydia, thank you for that wonderful introduction, John. uh, Thanks for having me. Congressman Judge Tony, thanks for for being with me. It's our privilege.
3: So Hispanics are now America's largest minority voting bloc, and in 2020, uh, Joe Biden received 61 percent of the Hispanic vote, but it looks like that is uh, waning quickly.
10: Yeah, I mean, it's, I think the the most recent poll I saw showed that the president's approval rating amongst Hispanics is is hovering somewhere in the mid 20s. Oh my god! And that's
5: a you know
10: that's for him you know a catastrophic fall off from where he was you know just two years ago. And at the last summer I think I saw was 41% strongly disapproved. So, so the numbers are, are, are not good. And those are, those are significantly worse than the numbers of the general electorate you know, in the country. Right? And, and I think if you, if you look, the reasons for that are, should be pretty clear. Um, the big one to me is the same issue that most Americans dwell on at night is, is the economy. We're dealing with skyrocketing inflation, uh, which, which started back, you know, really in uh, March of 21 when the president signed the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill. Um, and when inflation started, I, I think we remember the president called it temporary. All well, people were listening to that, and it certainly has proved to not be temporary, right? Um, instead, it's, it's continuing, and it, I think that hurts his cred- credibility with Hispanics and all Americans. And the, the, the inflation issue, I think, has a disproportionate impact on Hispanic communities because Hispanics generally are lower income earners. And as lower income earners, they're spending a greater proportion of their salaries on essential stuff, right? They're not buying yachts, they're buying groceries, they're buying gas, they're paying for rent. They don't have significant savings. And to the extent, you know, let's say they got a 5% raise last year. Well, now inflation's 10%, right? So what do they do with that 5% inflation big? Uh, they dip into their savings, they go into debt. And this, this gr- leads to greater economic disparity and inequality. So, you know, although stimulus packages, I think, were designed to help, you know, people in in a lot of these communities, I think it's it's having an an actually the opposite effect. Adam,
0: Adam, this is Pete King. You know, you're a, a legal expert. How much is crime having an impact, though, in the Hispanic community? You know, the breakdown in law and order we see throughout the state, especially in New York City.
10: Sure. I think it's enormous. I mean, it's just common sense, right? The, the, the policies, the um, criminal justice reforms that we've seen in the big cities and urban centers around the country um, have, have led to dramatic increases in, in violent crimes. I mean, I think I saw a stat the other day in New York City alone, major crimes are up 41 percent from last year, 41 percent in a year from last year, this year. Um, this, as we know, Hispanics are largely you know, centered in urban centers and big cities. So this increase in crime has a disproportionate impact on Hispanics and, and other minority groups in these areas, other groups, not just minorities. No, a- a- Adam, but, absolutely.
6: And, and I think I wanted to add to what you, what you said earlier. The crime, when, when you have um, these inner-city neighborhoods that tend to be poorer, they're not serviced by the path marks the larger food chains, or now because of the crime those are closing – you're going to bring back the old bodegas that have lower quality foods at higher prices. And who suffers?
10: Of course. Of course, they're suffering. And I think the polling numbers are indicating that. And and let's not forget the bodegas. You, you raise a good point. Mm-hmm. Hispanics, by and large, are very <clears throat> entrepreneurial. Uh, I think there's over 5 million Hispanic-owned businesses in the United States. It's the fastest-growing segment of small business owners in the country. It's, it's not rocket science, right? Businesses need Communities to thrive, so that people come and visit them and want to shop there. And if you don't have that, if people are afraid to take the subway, if people are afraid to walk in neighborhoods at night, they're not going to frequent these places. Well, this year's
0: campaign, this year's statewide campaign, how much of an impact is that going to have on the Hispanic vote as far as switching it away from the Democrats?
10: Oh, I think it's going to have a significant effect. And I've I've been in, um, you know, sort of roundtable discussions with community leaders in the Bronx, Hispanic communities in the Bronx, who who say it. You know, I, I mean. I'm not saying they're all going to necessarily switch their votes, but but they're definitely feeling and they're aware of it. But, you know, I, I think we're seeing it with the polling numbers. I mean, I think it's pretty
2: clear. I mean, it's a combination of uh, I don't know. The Democratic Party has uh, uh, has gone what anti-religion, uh, anti-law enforcement, anti-capitalist, anti-capitalist what are they for? anti-businessmen.
3: They're for the government being in control.
6: Because they do we such got, a fine a, job with education Mr. and healthcare, Mr.
2: Rodriguez, we got about a minute left. Uh, what else sure. would you want to tell the uh, all America or the Hispanic population?
10: Help is on the way, hopefully. You know, Where, the, where's the cavalry?
2: All right, the cavalry, as Cudlow would say, the cavalry is on the way.
10: Right. Well, we have we have an election coming up, and you know I saw an interesting an interesting poll the other day came out of Marist that showed that the only group more likely to vote Republican in the upcoming congressional's was um, uh, parents that have children under the age of eighteen, uh, and that was to the, to the tune of sixty plus percent. I think it was sixty sixty one percent. And you know I think the reasons for that are, are are obvious, right? School closures during COVID, mask mandates, et cetera, which also disproportionately impacted Hispanics and, and increased you know um, education disparities. So. I think this is all going to have a big impact. And, um, you know, I, I thought these issues were important and, and I think it's time to get them right.
5: Well, thank
2: Adam Rodriguez, thank you so much for standing up for the truth for uh, all the people and all Americans. And God bless you and uh, God bless Americans. Uh, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon.
10: Likewise, John. Thank you very much. I, you. Have a good evening, everyone. You too.
2: Thank you. Uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, what are we doing? Michael Goodwin. Michael Goodwin, New York Post. Boy, he's great. very, very uh, interesting and a very great all the time. Let's take the break and we'll come back.
1: Our common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Cats at Night on seventy-seven WABC.
3: Uh, welcome back to the John Katzmitidis Cats at Night show. On the line with us right now is Michael Goodwin of the New York Post Pulitzer Prize. Winning writer. And uh, you've got a great column out. Supreme Court leak is Democrats' dirty May surprise for 2022 midterms. I also think this was premeditated. Welcome to Cats and Night. Once again, Michael Goodwin.
9: Thank you, Lydia.
3: So how how damaging is this to the Republicans?
9: Oh, I don't think so very much in the long run. Um, it makes a great one day story. The Democrats, I think, have a, now, a new shiny object that they can wave in front of voters' eyes and basically say, "Say, forget inflation, forget the border crisis, forget Hunter Biden, forget Ukraine, forget crime in your neighborhood. Look over here. Look over here. Look at this. Look at this. Now you have something to get really angry about. And. So I think it, it was a lot of fear-mongering going on there yesterday. And, look, I, I know that the abortion is a very important issue uh, for, for most Americans, and it matters. But I think the, the facts also matter. And the facts are that w- when you read uh, Justice Alito's uh, draft opinion, it's pretty compelling in the arguments against The constitutionality of Roe. And and as someone who's who's covered these issues for years, I mean, I have been hearing forever that Roe was uh, a badly reasoned result, that there's nowhere in the Constitution that, you know, it's this whole thing of the penumbras. Uh, notion that it, it exists somewhere we just can't find it exactly in the text or in the amendments, and so it was clearly a stretch. It was designed for a political purpose in its time, and 50 years later, uh, it's you know the the court is being accused of being playing politics again. I would argue that. The court has corrected itself numerous times over the years. I mean, segregation, civil rights issues, you know, Plessy, Ferguson. All of these things were were changed when, when the when the world changed, when the times changed, when the court changed. And I think now we're looking at a different court that sees this issue more in terms. ...in terms of the constitutional uh, rules that are supposed to guide the Supreme Court rather than a political case designed to settle an argument. Uh, as we know, as Alito says clearly, it did not settle anything. Fifty years ago, this ruling now, if it was going to have an impact, it would have settled this argument. But mm-hmm. it hasn't settled this Michael, argument. Michael,
8: uh, as as pointed out in, uh, in Justice Alito's draft opinion... Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's the lioness of the liberal wing on, on the court, as well as Professor Alexander Bickel of, of Yale Law School, specifically criticized Roe v.ersus Wade as having no constitutional basis. So it's not an unfounded criticism.
9: That's right. And, and I think that members of the court have known that forever. Uh, they, we, you know, we're probably the last to, to learn that. But, but the justices, you know, all throughout the judiciary, people knew this, but they never had the votes or the nerve to overrule it and to set it straight. So, I think this is a correction, not a dramatic change, but a correction.
0: Michael, this is Pete King. I think it's a disgrace the way they're going after Justice Alito. I've never met anyone in public life who's more honorable, more decent, or actually more self-effacing. Than, you know, than uh, Justice Alito, and to me, it's one thing. You know, they can disagree and they can find fault with uh, certain parts of the opinion. I happen to support it myself. But th- again, to make this a personal attack on Alito and the justices, to me, this is a bad, dangerous path we're going down.
9: I, I agree, and and this is this is the left's new mo that you know, if if we can't change your mind, we will silence you, we will shut you up, we will threaten you, we will cancel you. Uh, you're either with them or you're canceled. That's that's how too many on the left see it. And look, the leak itself is obviously a determined uh, opponent. It would seem to me, obviously, a, a de- an opponent of the of the draft opinion. Uh, but have you heard a Democrat? Have you heard Joe Biden or Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi or Adam Schiff or anybody else say? This leak should not have happened?
6: No, Michael, not one, because like you said earlier, they now have a talking point. They don't have to discuss crime, inflation, how horrible things are in your life. They can now talk about this. It's their talking point going forward. And it's a fundraiser.
9: Oh, very big fundraiser. Very big fundraiser. And look, it may actually swing a few seats, but I don't think, you know, when we get to November... I don't think it's going to be in the top of mind for most people. I mean, it, the New York Times apparently did this calculus as to uh, what would be the impact of turning it back to the states. And, and I, as I understand it, their conclusion is there could be 13 percent fewer abortions. Now, I'm not sure of the time period, but the implication being that most of the abortions Happen within this 15 week window that the Mississippi law now allows. And that is, that is the, the time limit that a lot of states are moving toward. So it's very much in the first trimester, uh, which is where I think something in the upwards of 90% of abortions actually take place. So this is not necessarily a catastrophe that uh, many on the left are making. I mean, Chuck Schumer, foolishly foolish, a foolish man in his late age, uh, said yesterday 100 million women's rights are on the ballot. 100 million women. Well, he is assuming, of course, that every woman in America wants an abortion and and favors (laughs) abortion. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Especially if they're over 80. I mean,
3: yeah. Yeah, we're taking them, we're popping the you know, abortion pills the, the like Tic The one Tic-Tac's. thing about I mean, uh,
2: Senator Chuck Schumer, he's a friend of mine for a long time, and I'm very disappointed w- w- how he's saying things right now, the, the fact that he says that we can solve inflation by raising taxes. He's afraid of AOC. I,
3: I can't believe, how can you say you, I mean, who are you dealing with? How about Biden back in 1982 actually backed this, citing his Catholic faith? I mean, talk well, about. And, and, and you know,
9: something I've always argued that that when, when New York sends its delegation to Washington, they always favor federal tax increases, which punishes New York because New Yorkers tend to have higher incomes. So then they say oh New York's not getting its fair share. Well maybe if you stopped voting for federal tax increases, people could keep their money in New York and spend it here. There would be a double benefit for the city and state economy. But you you get these Michael Democrats we've become a one
6: exactly. It's a one party town and they're not afraid of losing.
0: Michael, also, right. if I can say, being down in Washington, you know, we always did feel that New York was getting screwed, and it was. But it's hard to make the case when the other members of Congress and the Senate look around and see who, who represents us down there. It's not always the best. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> without maybe, it our maybe best. we screwed ourselves. Yes, huh? exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's
8: right. Peter, so, is, is AOC universally loved down in Washington?
0: No, I can go through the whole <laughs> list. I mean, they, they go out of their way almost to antagonize people. And it's uh, – listen – Again, you know, to me, it was right for us to get more funding in in many cases, but it was a hard case to make. Even doing something like Sandy, we had people making these arguments. Anyway, let me just say, we don't always put our best foot forward.
9: (laughs) We don't always send our best. Right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I I think that uh, that the abortion issue is not going to be the game changer for Democrats. There may be one. Something could certainly happen between now and election in the fall elections to change the calculus. But right now it looks like a red wave. And I don't think uh, the abortion ruling is going to change that.
3: Well, thank you so much, Michael Goodwin, of The New York Post. Thank you for all that you do and all of your insight. And uh, come back any
9: My pleasure. Thank you all. Thank you.
2: Let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we may have uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Congressman, Congressman Crenshaw. But let's take that break first.
5: John Katz and 77 W.A.B.C.
3: Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats Katz at Night show. Now on the line for us, we have Charlie Gasparino. He's one smart guy, right, John?
2: Well, one smart guy. And, and we have a roller coaster on our hands. And, and the market went up 1,000 points almost. And, uh, and uh, Powell... Well, he's disappointed some of the people that say raise those rates. What say you, Charlie Gasparino? Are you still in Beverly Hills? No, I'm in Philly now. Believe it or not. Oh my God, <laughs> you gave up Beverly Hills for Philly? My, my had, condolences. No,
1: I a, <laughs> Rethink I was, that decision. I, I know. I had a speaking engagement, but the people here were great. I'm yeah. glad I did. Um, well, you know, listen. I've been I moderated a panel at 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 Milken, so I got to mix with some really smart people. I met some really smart people here in Philly, the Gladstone Group's uh, annual conference, and they I mean, these are these are financial advisors that are on the ground and see the economy at a very granular level in the markets. Um, I still think they—and and what they're, all, what everybody's telling me is that that he's taking inflation a little too lightly, and that you know, you know that. There's a good chance we're not going to have a, a – what did he say? A softest landing or something like that, something crazy. You know What do I know? I'm just a simple country reporter, but I, when I talk to smart people, they think there's price. These, the inflation is kind of embedded in the system. It may bait later in the year, but it's going to bait at a very high level and line, and that's not good. And that erodes purchasing power, and at some point, it's going to hurt the economy. And it's going to be that way because he's pussyfooting around with – uh with raising rates and saying, oh, no, "I'm going to take why, why take seventy five basis points off the table? Why not just say, like, 'Like I'll do what I have to do.'"
2: Well, I, you know, you know my opinion, but I'll, I'll skip my opinion because you already know it. I mean, uh, yeah. You know, all, all that, all that the president has to do is turn on the spigots of of oil in North America, and inflation will go away because the price of oil will come down, and price of food will come down, and right. by the end of the year, it'll be no inflation like it used
3: to be, but. But we have a stubborn president. But, John, don't you want to buy gas from Venezuela? Don't you want to get your batteries from China? I want to make <laughs> Venezuela rich again. We want to transfer American money to Venezuela.
8: <laughs> Listen, I have I a solution. Biden, I think Biden's
1: going to run on that. Make Venezuela rich again. Yes. yes. Yeah. Raise
8: taxes, beat inflation.
1: Well, I, you see. But that's a great point, uh, John. John, what is What is going on from a supply side standpoint? Right this is a supply a lot of this I'll give you some you know, intelligence. In chunk of it is
2: supply side I'll give you some intelligence you know how we get intelligence from the food companies like uh, you, right. we, well, some of the food companies that raise rates because wh- what we talked about in the first quarter want they wanted to make sure they made their profit uh, without taking a chance they're going to be a penny off on their uh, earnings uh, suffered a uh, loss of sales. And they're okay. having, I can't say the S yes word. They're having, an, uh, oh crap, what
5: happened? <laughs>
1: the yeah, price of all is oils come down. Could, by the way, John, you, you run the network. You can say whatever
2: you want. All you right. Know. No, yeah, no, but I'm not on FCC network. I'm not on cable. You're on cable. I'm on FCC. <laughs> That's right. And I can't say that four letter word that starts with a <laughs> they S.
8: 1934 it. Communications Act, Charlie. Oh.
2: But George Carlin out here. But some of the price increases. Some of the price increases are softening. And uh, if we did have oil in North America, uh, inflation would come down to nothing.
3: And Charlie, what but about the, what, the John, cars? At- oh, sorry.
2: Don't go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: He's our guest. Oh, I know. I was going to ask. No, here's,
2: here's what
1: I would say. Here's what I would say. Uh, and yes, you know, oil drilling and, and oil production, domestic oil production will help the inflation picture, but it, it goes beyond that. I mean, we have an administration that has put so much constraints on supply through increased regulation that it's hard to get that side of the supply-demand equation right. You, we have a lack of supply because you just don't produce as much when you have that many regulations. And uh, and so remember, it's yes, oil would be a big thing, but there's other stuff involved. And this, so I, I think inflation is here to for a while. And you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe.
2: No, if Biden is president, it's here for a while. I agree with you. I mean, and by the way,
1: I got some semi-breaking news. Um, I was just talking with somebody who uh, worked on the Hill. This is here in Philly at this conference that I'm at, who says that the Supreme Court is going to delay action on the on Roe versus Wade until after the
2: terms. Well, that's breaking, that's
3: news. Okay, hit the breaking news. Now we got to talk. I'm breaking news. Say, news. WABC. Okay, say it again, Charlie. So our <laughs> listeners, that's a big breaking <laughs> news. You buried the <laughs> lead.
1: Okay, so listen. You, know, you asked me to talk about the markets, all right? <laughs> thats the first <laughs> I thing I you should have brought up. But, but here, but here's what I'm <laughs> hearing. Okay, so this is this. But take it for what it's worth. Um, a gentleman here, I can't say his name, who is who used to be on the Hill as a staffer, um, who who's in pretty plugged in in Republican circles says that Roberts and the Supreme, you know, is so mad about this leak of the Roe versus Wade memo, theoretically were it, that they're that there's they're going to delay it, the release the official decision until after the election.
5: Now,
2: well, then then the, the then church. you're going to have a new justice sitting after the election. Oh before you by June thirtieth, I guess no, you mean they're gonna Charlie, you
8: mean they're <laughs> gonna vote it, but hold the release
2: that's.
1: That, I mean, that bit, makes bit, that's the, that's what we would do. they don't put it on. They don't, they don't put it on the docket until after. No, no. After
8: in other words, the election, they, they they have a vote with the existing Supreme Court, but they hold the release of it. No,
2: you don't know what they're going to do. No, no. But I'm saying, I, but that's I, I, only I gonna make the only thing that makes sense. Otherwise, you're going to have the a, vote
6: will
2: be the same. The vote will not be the same. No, you got no. The vote will not after, be the same. It will be five to four
8: other That's what I'm saying
1: they can. Well, the way it was described to me, the way it was described to me is the vote will be the same as it is now. Just they're not going to release it until after the
8: election. That.
0: Right. Yeah, but to me that that puts the Supreme Court right in the middle of if that. If they do that, that's, that's awful. A disgrace. That's off That puts the Supreme they Court right in the middle it out of politics. Early, yeah. not
8: late. Yeah, they should get rid of it. Yeah, but you know, Peter,
0: I know,
1: I I, I know Peter's voice because well,
8: it's oh, uh, Richard sorry. Weinberg. We have
1: the same accent, but okay, <laughs> <laughs> I get you. <laughs> you know, yeah. But you know, but, but you know, uh, they they were already in the middle of this muck, and the, you know, whoever leaked this just screwed the whole process. Oh my God! Up. Yeah. Why, I can, why don't they just? I can see Robert saying, "Screw you! You're going to do this to us. This what we're going to do back. You know, we're not going to. We're going to make this so um, so we, this doesn't influence the election." I mean, it was really, it was really like, you know, I I guess it's not totally illegal because it's not national security.
3: No, it's or, illegal, Charlie. Related.
1: It's but illegal. It's nice. You know,
3: Michael Goodwin was on. Before.
1: This, that's really disgusting.
3: Charlie uh, Gasparino, Michael Goodwin was on before. And he's saying, you know what, this is like he was almost saying it's not like a that big of a deal, not that damaging for Republicans. But as a female, as somebody who has a lot of friends that are Democrats and independents, they think this is a big deal because they think this is an assault on their reproductive rights and even people that were upset with Biden, they're like, "Well, I'm not going to vote for a party that that doesn't look at me as an equal and wants to limit my reproductive rights and this and that." So I, I think this was a premeditated attack to occur to coincide with the midterms and but to if, hurt the re- Republicans. But if it's well, after the midterms,
0: this would be a big issue then. What what is in that opinion? So it'll make, to me well, makes it more of an the, issue. Well, yes. the,
2: the FBI guy did it to Hillary and to Trump. What's his name? We forgot his name already.
3: Mueller. Mueller. Yes.
8: Comey yes. no, Come, Come was the FBI director. Comey and a Mueller was special counsel. Yeah.
3: And what were you going to say, Charlie? Well, I was going to say that,
1: um, you know, either way, listen, I, it, let's just be real clear. here: is abortion going to win the day over raging inflation?
5: No.
1: You know, all these other real domestic issues, crime rampant in the streets. By the way, I'm mean, in Philly. Last time I was in Philly, it was 2016, during the Republic, the Democratic Convention. It's so, like The Walking I mean, Dead, isn't it? This is worse than Manhattan. I, mean, oh, I don't, oh, I don't oh, know oh. how much worse you can get than that. But, uh, um, I mean, this is really bad. And so it's, there's a lot of domestic issues that supersede abortion for the average person. Uh, so I just wonder if we're making too much out of this. And, you know, if the Democrats want to spend all the midterms talking about abortion, while we have eight percent inflation and crime rampant you know it's sound I think they're in trouble if that's the case
2: Charlie Gasparino, we have to take a hard break but keep fighting for the truth and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon stay safe in Philly you guys.
0: okay thank you Charlie thank you. <laughs> thank you
2: let's take that break and when we come back we're gonna have an internal discussion of where the heck are we?
0: It's a common sense recap
1: of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on seventy seven WABC.
2: Louder.
3: So this this show stands for what? Truth, justice, justice and, the and the American, American way. way.
5: Come
3: on. Way. Come on. Hear this song, I think of you, John. That's are you right. going to rip open your shirt now and see a big C for cats? I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun! Tony Carbonetti, you've yes, been ob- emotional all day. Tell us what you want. What's on your your chest?
6: I, I'm waiting for Black Lives Matter to come out and support the. You mean well, I guess the Man-Hus? pending uh, abortion decision because it anything else that disproportionately affects the black community, they supposedly are outraged by. Yet, and the st- these statistics are a couple years old. How
2: many black kids are In aborted, 2019. How many black kids are aborted uh, a year in the last two, three years? More than born alive in New York
6: City. Think about that for a second. More there kids are have more been killed, yeah. abortions in the black community than those born alive. There's something wrong with that, John. And there were
0: years ago when Jesse Jackson and, used to denounce that.
6: Yes. A- and how about this? Nationally, 36% of the women who have abortions are black, mm-hmm. they only make up 13% of the population. So disproportionately, blacks are being affected. So maybe the Black Lives Matter should be spending their money to educate
3: young black women. No, they got to have too much real estate
8: they have to buy. But wh-
3: Invite and wh- them to the mansion. And where, and where are the clinics, Tony? Where are the clinics primarily located, the abortion clinics? In poorer neighborhoods. Or is that a coincidence? Judge, and who is founder? the founder, Weinberg, of, right. who say the founder you. of Planned Parenthood? Judge Weinberg Sanger. Yep, who's a racist, Eugenist. Well, mm. Right.
8: Okay. My my a very anti-Catholic too. Yeah. My my uh, my gripe on Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. is they're unaudited. They've got all this money. Well, we know they're the
2: crooks. Besides you know, the point, you know. You you I want an audit. I uh, want in other words, what we talked about before with, uh, with I, Rodriguez yes. that that the uh, Hispanic population, Latinos are going away from the Democratic Party because they're outraged uh, on their anti-church, anti-religion, uh, etc., etc. Anti-family. Mm-hmm. Now, the black population, I heard that they're moving away from the Democratic Party already because they're, they're inducing them to be prisoners of the inner cities, and they don't teach them.
3: They just give them money just to hang out. I had a couple of callers today, uh, the black callers that were saying, what has Biden done for the black community except keep us in the projects and maybe what, keep now keeping a couple of us out of jail? We still got crime out of control. Our kids prisoners are not educated. Of
2: prisoners of the inner city and give them money just to be prisoners of the Democratic Party.
3: That's, I didn't use that's, the word slavery. That is some profound stuff, right there, John Matides. They are they're prisoners the sure in those housing is, projects. There yeah. should
2: be there should be a they, realignment. They, they, they should be given more education, uh, more trades education, and they should they you know and help those people it, instead of uh, of just keeping them.
3: Instead of handouts, help up.
2: And
8: there I, should be a realignment of the voting blocks in terms of what's really important. Carbonetti, you ran the city
6: for a while. Tell us, John. The money's there. It's how the money is being spent. The board of education spends almost 30 billion dollars a year.
2: When I ran for mayor, I that was pushing I was pushing for vocational, uh, vocational schools idea, to teach people to become plumbers, electricians, bricklayers and and it's your fault I lost. There was <laughs> one building, one building. There was 73 to 0, 73 That was Corbinetti's building. So 73 <laughs> votes for Loda, 0 for me. How do you explain that? The, is that fraud? No. Should we have a reward? To, <laughs> should we have a reward for turning in people for fraud?
3: By the way, the ferry. I'm willing to turn
0: in Tony night. for anything. I no. <laughs> the ferry Hawks
3: won last time. <laughs> four night. to one. Four I only voted one. once in that election. Four to one. You were the, <laughs> the good luck hawk charm. Yeah, the ferry Hawks. Was cold.
0: It was cold. It was, it was a little cold. cold. We're driving you through a good opening pitch. Well, you guys are right All there right. on the
3: water. I mean, talk about a view. Of course it's going to be colder there. Well, Judge Weinberg,
2: Congressman King, you were pretty good out there, too. Uh, I was waiting for you. And Carbonetti, the chief, thank, thank you, chief. you so much.
6: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping.